everybody, you're listening to another edition of Real Rap. If you're welcome to Garibaldi. Uh, it's uh, 115 degrees here in Pen- uh, Yardley, Pennsylvania. Just uh, enjoying the shooting the breeze with my friend Bennett here with a with a brand new episode for you about the Birdcage, written by oh, Lane May and directed by Michael Nichols. Mikey yeah, pretty five hot. cents. Mikey five cents. Pretty hot for Christmas Day, Shane. 115 degrees. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to make of this, but Merry uh, Christmas what, what can you to do? you. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, uh, uh, I don't need to wear a jacket. Hey, another scorcher. Uh, if you're listening to Real Rap for the first time, this is a podcast uh, sponsored by Split Tooth Media. We talk about the filmographies of actors turned directors. Uh, you know, a, a uniquely uh, hubristic and self-obsessed class of uh, Hollywood entertainers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're s- focusing on the works of Mike Nichols and Elaine May. Here they joined forces. They docked in Miami Beach and uh, gave us this uh, wonderful Robin Williams movie. Rob- <laughs> and now, before we get into this movie, speaking of docking, Shane and I are going to dock really quickly before we <laughs> jump into the bird game. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember to go to patreon.com slash realrep for more episodes every week of our podcast where we review new movies, old movies, and shoot the breeze hey. the way we usually do. And hey. <laughs> Hey, go check out Bennett's list of every movie he watched in 2019, along with a review of that movie. Um, it's worth it's worth the wait, um, and uh, its weight is 210 pounds. Ah, sorry for the wait. <laughs> W-E-I-G-E-H-T. Thank you, folks. Uh, and also go to splittoothmedia.com to see our previous episodes and see the writing that Bennett and I have done and go check out Bennett's latest work that I'm... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you haven't read it. I guess you haven't bought my book. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't read it, but you should. It's over. It's the cold... It's about the movie Cold War. Uh, I'm really excited to read it, actually, because I watched that movie recently. Bye bye. <laughs> I'm sorry. Choo choo. Choo choo. Train alert. All aboard. Choo choo. Choo 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 choo. Choo choo. <laughs> oh, my oh my god! god. I was annoying How the piss out of Carter that? yesterday talking about his succulent Chinese. <laughs> every place we walk, every time we walk by a restaurant, I would go, mm, "What are we stopping for a succulent Italian meal?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This is the this is the he doesn't say bloke fella. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I the word succulent just seems like a little much. Have you would little you describe much. anything you've ever eaten as succulent, honestly? Um I feel I like I, I would afford des- it. describe a like a peeking duck in a dream as succulent, maybe. Uh-huh. But never <laughs> in real life. If I'm in a desert island and I'm starving and like my good buddy's head is starting to look like a turkey because I'm hallucinating, that is the sort of uh-huh. thing I might describe yeah. as succulent. Imagine cooking like um like a 
like a prime rib for like six hours, you sit down with your wife and just immediately ruin the meal by calling it succulent. <clears throat> this like, oh, great. socious feast. <laughs> Thanks. I'm actually going to go out. You immediately ruin it by like, all right, now let's say grace. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this succulent <laughs> 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 Chinese meal. I was doing the John Cassavetes, like putting my fingers in my mouth yesterday to fuck uh-huh. the harder. Oh, yeah. I was smoking a cigarette that had fallen on the ground, and he was like, Ew, that's disgusting! So I started going, mm-hmm. You wanna see disgusting, kid? <laughs> Just completely like a pig in shit, yeah. Oh my god, oh, yeah. he's obviously not hung out with you very much. Were yeah, you guys yeah. out on the town together? Yeah, well, we went to uh, we went to New York, we went to go see Oklahoma! Uh, one of the mm. final performances. Good stuff. Wow. What does Carter think about the stage? Oh, Carter's a big fan. Big fan of the stage. Loves to uh, loves oh, to really? tread the boards. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get a gla- uh like a like a pint glass filled with red wine? One of those like like sippy cups full of wine. No, I actually didn't. <laughs> but during the performance, uh, like during the intermission, they serve like chili and cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> like right on the oh, What stage. a grand idea! Yeah, <laughs> Man, really. Uh, Amp up the homey feel by having everybody shit their pants. In the everybody just rooting and tooting. Everybody just farting. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. like my three bean salad? Did you? It's one of my favorite Mr. Show sketches. There's a guy who does like fake farts. Uh, I don't know. Like Tom Kenny accidentally threw out his boss's three bean salad, and he has to like pretend that he ate it. So he needs a guy to be doing fake farts. What kind of salad did you say it was? Eat bean. Oh, it's so good. And this is the part of the podcast where I just describe bits from old uh, from episodes other of Mr. Show. <laughs> other shows, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the Birdcage. Uh, the first collaboration on screen between uh, Elaine May and Mike Nichols. At least credited. I don't, I don't know if she had done rewrites on uh, earlier scripts of his. Uh, I know she's mm-hmm. known for doing kind of a lot of uncredited rewrites. So what did you, you think of the Birdcage, Shane? Did it... Uh, did it lock up your heart in a little cage, or did it? Uh, uh-huh. Did it sing sing a song that wasn't quite uh, wasn't quite your kind of tune? Mm. Um, I have a I have a hawk spirit, eagle spirit, um, <clears throat> and they're kind of um, twins, the hawk and the eagle, uh-huh. which is why they're both my spirit. And this um, didn't sing my bird song. I don't think I felt like a uh, the the bird had had a flown into the Baskin Robbins window display as it were um or uh the cat ran away with the spoon on this one so to speak the um yes yeah, so to speak because when oh. I'm at Baskin Robbins <laughs> I always get a big red shout out to my people from uh shout out to the Texan cream soda big red um I always have a soda when I'm at Baskin Robbins now birds they shit, no? Uh-huh. This bird may have just shit the bed. Uh, I, uh, speaking of shitting the bed, I was reading Roger Ebert's review of this, and he uh, he gets Jeb Bush's name wrong. And like, <laughs> hey, really, really crush it. Not only references to the Bush family, but very specifically Jeb Bush and family. Ah, we're staying with the Bushes, the Jeb Bushes. Um, yeah. Roger Ebert in his review, <laughs> Roger Ebert in, in his infinite fucking wisdom, high and mighty Roger Ebert called him Jed Bush. Now... Jed uh, sounds a little bit more like somebody's name than Jeb. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. For, for a guy, for a Pulitzer Prize winner, I would be really embarrassed by uh, by that sort of mistake. Yeah, for a guy with such huge thumbs, it's a surprise that he's always sitting on it. Mm-hmm. 
too busy enjoying that succulent Chinese meal. Yes. <laughs> that might have been Roger Ebert. That was like Roger Ebert's cousin. Oh, man. Um, I, 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 I think I liked this movie more than you did. I, I liked it much more than I was expecting. Honestly, I was expecting it to be much more like an episode of Friends than it was. Like, this mm, is like, mm. I mean, this is from the era where, like, like somebody being gay was, like, enough. Like, that's the joke. Yeah. Um, um, like, I don't know. Friends sustained, like, ten seasons, basically, of, like, Joey, I think you I think he's uh, I think he's gay. Um, you yeah. know, it, as I often say, it was a shitty chug of choo choo train that ran on gay panic. I actually found <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought Robin Williams' performance in this movie in particular was pretty affecting. Um, I don't know. He, oh he does pretty God. understated. I well, you disagree? Completely disagree. <laughs> I thought he did understated without going full on like sad boy Robin Williams, like he does in stuff like Goodwill Hunting. I don't know. I, well, um, I feel like even in Goodwill Hunting, he plays like an emphatic sad boy. He's like, "Listen, I'm sad, but I ain't no fucking." Um, <laughs> See, like, I, I like that this was. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought he. I thought this was a nice, just actually understated performance from him. I don't know. Uh, I guess I expected. I felt like I could have just like, I felt like he was asleep at the wheel when I saw something like, like this. I was like, oh. People are surprised that he like killed himself after seeing a performance like Mrs. Doubtfire. But when you see something like this, it's like, oh yeah, guy's on the brink of a uh, of uh, suicide. Well, I thought he communicated that well. This guy who was sort of uh, really kind of in a state of like emotional turmoil, but sort of had to like keep it together. Uh, he's very much like a Ben Gazzara in uh, in Killing of a Chinese Bookie sort yeah, of a character. I except mean, I guess I th- his club is booming, but. I don't know. I like I like that he's got to like keep it together for like the sake of like the performers and for the sake of his like business and I don't know. He never mm. once like his, okay. You know what I don't like? The son is a complete asshole, and Robin Williams never once never once complains <laughs> about no, any of this the stuff. The son is so insufferable. I cannot stand his fucking face, his hair, his uh-huh. demeanor, the way he kisses, uh, his uh, weasel like face. Yeah, this is cone shaped maw. Uh-huh. Um, he he. I felt like everybody besides Nathan Lane, Hank Azaria, Diane Weist, Gene Hackman. <laughs> uh, I have no idea who I, plays the song. I don't know. Like, there's just like blob images popping in my head every time you say one of those names. Um, every, every time Nate, <laughs> I feel like Nathan Lane really knocked it out of the park, and he did his best among a cast that was mostly asleep at the wheel. Uh, Robin Williams. I, I guess that he's playing like a sad guy, but even when he's like the the wheeling and dealing bo- boss, like that opening scene when he's walking through the bar, it looks like he's on fucking Ambien, like sleepwalking through this bar. He's just like, hey, a, huh, huh, touches someone's leg. And then it's like, oh, yeah, then you put your arms up to show that you're gay. It just kind of felt like he was phoning it in, besides the Martha Graham line, which sh- a shout out to Martha Graham and any Hollywood blockbuster is a, is a big win for for. Uh, consciousness boy he really must have been you know he was champing at the bit so to speak for that one bit the one time his character goes off oh yeah the, uh, the one clip everybody's seen from this movie yeah. yeah which doesn't make sense like that's okay this, that's robin williams but it's very much not the character in the movie it's also like a bad piece of direction he's like and you'll do this you'll do any of seven different styles you'll do the styles of seven different dancers like it's not really like a note like he tells him he, just, he basically no. just tells him yeah do whatever the fuck you want um, yeah I don't know. I just I felt like I I I missed missed the missed a beat at the beginning, and my uh, my heart was elsewhere when I was watching this. I don't know. I found from that opening like tracking shot. I mean, we were saying this movie looks incredible. It looks very expensive. It was shot by Emmanuel Lubezki, uh, now an Oscar winner. We associate him mostly oh. with, um, I guess, Inuritu 
and uh, Terrence Malick. He's kind of, um, I think, responsible for the style we associate with those two. So he gives this a lot more panache than you're used to seeing uh, oh, in a yeah. comedy. There's the opening tracking shot that takes you like all through the club. I don't know. I like that bit. I I, I thought it sort of like immersed me. Um, I thought, yeah, no, I thought it was cool. I wished that, I wished that it had more of. I guess like that sets it up to be like this club movie, which it's really not. It's like a domestic uh-huh. drama. I would much rather watch a movie, yeah, about Robin Williams running the club. I would much rather because, as I've said before on the show, I think when we were talking about shadows, like one of my favorite stock character types is like just put upon guy directing a review. Like, um, <laughs> or, or just like any theatrical director who's just like, um, a real and, bitch chick. <laughs> I just like just plays constantly. my head at, in my nightmares. Because that scene goes on for forever. Oh my that God. scene is so affecting because it makes like, you just uh, as pissed off as he is. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Lolly. Like, God, they are bad. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> now, listen. Now. And, We're um, going to play three shows in Philadelphia. Um, the production design, too, is pretty incredible. I love their apartment. Like, when he's like, we got we to gotta hide all of, like, the nudes. We got to hide all the gay art. And he's like, what about <laughs> Neptune? That's a classic. <laughs> um, <laughs> production yeah. design by uh, by Bo Welch, who did all of, like, Tim Burton's movies. Uh, <laughs> Pensbury's oh, own cool. Brian Welch, his, uh, his uncle. <laughs> uh, actually, um, yeah. Like, uh, Said it before, I'll say it again. That guy used to bite his fingernails and spit them at me and then call me a germaphobe. Mm. Uh, yeah, I thought the uh, the house in the beginning is beautiful. Loved all the paintings and shit. House in the end? Oh, man. Talk about a <laughs> dream home. <laughs> like coffins on the wall and a crucifix. crucifix. And uh-huh. No dining room table. Just mm-hmm. carpets on the wall. Yeah, I, I I thought the script. This, there's so many like funny little like jokes in the script too that uh, I I think you know I, it really kind of Elaine May flexing her muscles. Like I love the one I don't know when he's talking about Guatemala and he's like, yeah, chickens are really important in Guatemala. Wives are measured in terms of uh, numbers of hen and, and and numbers of hens, and, and men are judged by the size of their cock or something like that. Like all sorts of like little like fun like snappy dialogue. I don't know. Come on, uh-huh. come on. I feel like I'm. I feel like this podcast is because of me trying to like sell you on movies now. I feel like. Uh... uh, I mean, I I like the last few. I'm not always fucking hating on it, but I. I feel like Italian I, AOC I... right now, trying to say like, uh, what's the deal with the raps? <laughs> <laughs> there, there were good bits, and there were some like very much Elaine May style gags. I think that the beginning part where they're introducing both both families goes on for so long, like when they're tr- converting each other into a man, and then they then he's meeting with the wife, and then N- Nathan Lane gets upset like six separate times to the point where he has to like sit on a fainting couch, which I don't really understand. Hank Azaria is a great. <laughs> person <laughs> i so he's a guy he's a white guy who exclusively plays people of other races i think <laughs> <laughs> obviously most famous as the voice of apu he does the same voice he does in this all the time in the simpsons whenever there's like uh like mm, uh, like a, a yeah. background uh like latino character particularly one who's gay he does that same voice and uh i guess it's now he now is making the political stance of not voicing apu anymore after like that 35 years cycle has come and gone he's like you know what i think i'm gonna quit but i'm also gonna say that it's uh because of i don't know sensitivity 
Yeah, no, he really, uh, whatever the opposite of striking while the iron is hot, that's what Hank Azaria did. Uh, I, like when he's, I like when he's out back, like, sweeping the, ba- he's, like, wearing, like, a G-string, like, sweeping outside. Um, I love, at one point, he's wearing a shirt that says, like, straight looking or something. <laughs> um, what is, what is Val short for as a man's name? I was really racking my brain. It was like the experience of watching Carol and trying to figure out what the fuck, like, Rindy or Harge could be short for. I was like, what is, what's his name? Val Valance, I don't know. I guess there's the, the producer Val Luton. I have no idea what his Val full name Kilmer. Is, but... um, I, did you were you not a fan of the uh, the Gene Hackman Diane Wee stuff? Come on, this, um, uh... I thought they were in their own sort of movie. Like they had they were in this separate thing that seemed to have a lot of energy, but the uh, the other half it was. Something about it. Uh, Robin Williams just totally sucked the life out of it for me. I was excited to see Gene Hackman um, because Gene he was Hackman. just wheeling and dealing. He he doesn't um, miss a Nixon-loving beat in this movie. And um, I imagine you're a big fan of the uh, the um, the fiance. The fuck is her name? Why can't I not? Why uh, Barbara? Not it only just occurred to me that Barbie is short for Barbara. And they call mm, her Barbie. Yeah. Um, you know. imagine I'm a I big fan like she... of her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what she sees in Val. Obviously, like we said, Val seems like a complete oh, asshole. No. Just, Just so... so mean to his loving father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Instead, wants to do everything. He's like, you're fucking ruining my life, you fucking asshole. And he's also 20 years old getting married. Like, buddy. Buddy, chill the fuck chill out. out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call bullshit on Gene Hackman's character being named Kevin. Kevin is like a guy our age sort of a name, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's not like a concern. It's not a Republican senator. Uh, no, I don't it's know. not. It's not a member of the Coalition for Moral Order. Come on, you don't know, the, <laughs> the Coalition for Moral Order, you didn't find that stuff funny? Him going out uh, going out the window? Come on. No, that's that's actually funny. But the you, press you hounding know that him? he's actually Gene Hackman in this movie is actually my grandfather. And that he act my grandfather, a Republican senator, actually was a head of some, um, some like anti like focus on the family sort of thing. It, it he was like we need to like f- have kids listen to their parents again, get rid of porn, completely eradicate porn. Honestly, uh, 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 he I'm he's turning into a hero. Of mine. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But it, it it did actually have a name like the anti like the moral uh, morally upstanding coalition or some bullshit like that. And like he wow. would do marches with people, and, like do like crystal knocked to like adult DVD stores. Oh God, break down all those like creepy <laughs> adult DVD stores. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pendel, yeah. You know Jay Leno was like, I hate to say, oh, the phrase, I hate to say the phrase champing at the bit twice in one podcast, but we <laughs> just the number one person. Yeah, like, I'll do a, it. You need a fake. You need a fake news story. Fake news. I love to. I this is a, a, a fun little, um, a fun little Elaine May joke that one of his guests was going to be Yasser Arafat. It was going to be Yasser Arafat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like what an odd. Uh, she must guess. have been a real, uh, Lane May must have been a real, real news hound. It seems like she's always up to date on, like, war politics and, uh, like, American senate, senatorial drama. Uh, yeah, I, I, she just does a good job without, like, laying it on too thick of, like, satirizing, mm-hmm. I don't know, just, like, the way these people, like, talk. I, I mean, there's nothing yeah. here approaching the, 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 
the genius of the uh, the Charles Grodin stuff in Ishtar, but I think Gene Hackman's pretty great. Love seeing him. I wish he hadn't retired from acting. Uh, uh-huh. Diane Weiss, always good. Perfect casting, the two of them. Um, they have a yeah. very like, oh, old Nancy so Reagan good. quality to them. Yeah. Uh-huh. They look exactly the same. Uh-huh. Um, Billy Graham, he calls him too liberal. Funny stuff. Reminds me a lot of Heartbreak Kid and the uh, tr- the guy trying to impress the girlfriend's parents, like sort of dynamic of like Elaine May seems to have a r- real keen eye into like upper middle class life of like Americans. I don't know if that's because that's what she grew up in or what, but she uh, the 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 whole idea of like the fucking uppity ass weird psycho in laws is like uh, something she keeps revisiting. It seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and much like Heartbreak Kid, it's it's all about just getting caught in this ever expanding lie. Um, I, I, Val is insisting that Robin Williams invite his birth mother, played by Christine Baranski, over. Um, first time we've seen her since The Grinch, I believe. <laughs> I noticed that. He's insisting that she come over, and she's like stuck in traffic. So meanwhile, Nathan oh, Lane is pretending God. to be his mother. Um, so it's basically them all like trying to kill Tom, basically all like just hoping that Christine Bransky doesn't get there. Meanwhile, the press is trying to figure out why Gene Hackman is at this like drag club. Um, so it's all, I don't know. It's, it's this huge expanding lie, kind of like Heartbreak Kid and the characters yeah, going like yeah. more and more ridiculous lengths. I don't know. Val to me is an even more insufferable character than Charles Grodin in the Heartbreak <laughs> Kid. Really? I don't know. Are we supposed to be like happy that they end up getting married at the end? I'm like, no, come on. You know what's always funny right. to me is I love that Gene Hackman is it just buys the Nathan Lane shtick. It's a lot like, have you ever seen Tootsie? No. Because Tootsie, um, Charles Durning is like, uh, I think she's, I think he's like Jessica Lange's father, and he like falls in love with like Dustin Hoffman's character. Like he just like loves the bit. Uh, uh-huh. Love that Gene Hackman is just every. Like, Nathan Lane just keeps saying, like, crazier and crazier shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all sorts of, like, pro-life talking points. Yeah, and... yeah. <laughs> it is pretty funny that he just inexplicably just starts being like, we should kill pregnant mothers. <laughs> kill the doctors. <laughs> Who cares? Um, Come on, you must have liked the bit when Robin Williams is trying to teach Nathan Lane how to act like a man, and they're going back and forth with just, like, bullshit, like, boilerplate <laughs> masculine talk. They're going like, hey, how are you, you old son of a bitch? Come on. <laughs> I, like, I like when the, like she's like, um, when they first visit the house, and uh, Diane Weist goes up to the books, and it's like, oh, look at all these old books. And it's like, fucking nancy drew <laughs> nancy drew yeah <clears throat> he's come on he, when he's talking about uh he's talking about how you, should, how you should spread mustard on he's like no you gotta smear men smear i mean true words were never spoken men smear <laughs> i mean that's what we're like come on yeah like how what do, what kind of reception do you think this would get today i'm pretty sure the play that it's based on has been produced like fairly recently oh really what this gets today i mean honestly the 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 sort of um gene hackman character that they're satirizing particular particularly like his partner we should say he's on like damage control and wants his daughter to have this like merit is hoping that his daughter can have this marriage that's going to like repair his reputation because his partner on the more coalition for moral order has died in bed with an underage uh, sex yeah. worker. Like, I feel like that sort of stuff, I feel like the whole, like, double standard of, like, the moral majority is, like, once again, like, as relevant as it's ever been. It's, I mean, certainly it's as relevant as it was in the mid-'90s because I think um, people like Newt Gingrich and, like, Ken Starr, uh, everybody uh-huh. who was involved in, like, the Clinton impeachment is all back in the news. I feel like we're having the same sort of uh, yeah. culture war conversations. Yeah, she does... Uh, same thing with Ishtar. It's like 
this whole America's involvement in the Middle East is so current. It's weird that she's made these movies that <laughs> align perfectly with today's politics. I mean, I, don't, I think the Hank Azaria character would be a lot different if it was rewritten today, obviously. Um, I think it's sort of the broadest uh, performance in the movie, or most broad. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, it, it wouldn't be Williams. I think it would be a gay actor in that role. Um, yeah. Nathan Lane would probably still play the Nathan Lane role, honestly. I had the reaction that, like, this wouldn't fly with the way, like, with, like, woke gayness now, but it was very well received, apparently by people that were gay when it came out. Uh, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation praised the film for going beyond the stereotypes to see the character's depth and humanity. The film celebrates differences and the outrageousness of hiding those differences. I mean, I guess I, I, I guess that's true at the time that it came out, but now it just seems like they're doing like these super stereotypical gay act... stereotypically acting like gay people. <clears throat> and Annie agreed with me and was like, this is like this would not fly now like it's not it it's it's it that the the there was the idea that it it is it would do more damage than good by having um these two not gay people speak with high voices and put their arms by their hips and be like ah and act feminine sorry (laughs) no 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 i was gonna say come on you have to have loved williams performance as like a straight guy he turns into like a go niners guy come on I guess that's funny. I had no, there was not a single point where I was smiling during this movie. Maybe it was just my mood. <laughs> what about when Gene Hackman calls Hank Azaria a beige savage? Come on, it's <laughs> a funny line. Uh, you really like this one. I I mean I I thought it was fine. I'd probably give it like three stars in Letterbox, but I I don't uh-huh. know. I found myself chuckling at lines like beige savage. I mean, it's definitely, was, yeah, it's a very mid-90s, it's a very mid-90s movie. It's more of a mid-90s movie than Jonah Hill's mid-90s. Mid-90s! I didn't see that, did you? Me neither, no. I heard, I, I, I saw, not that I like reviews that are like this, a lot of reviews are like, yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical whether it's worth paying $9 to see this in a theater. It's pretty, it's, it's just a pretty, <laughs> it's pretty much a nothing of a movie. Uh-huh. Um... I felt that, like, the setup, I was so excited for how it was going to clash because of how much setup goes into them meeting. And Elaine May does a great job of creating this kind of complex, smart design world where, like, the I kept thinking, of, like, oh, the way this is going to go is going to be, like, there's going to be so many moving parts between the scandal that's going on in the senator's life and the two wives coming. And But I found that by the, like, when that, clash did happen it was fun and maybe the most interesting part of the movie but it i it wasn't the sort of ishtar blowing up the helicopters by the end of the movie um and doing the che casablanca that i kind of hoped for it was just kind of like (laughs) oh yeah it's kind of a complex situation but it got a little too absurd too quick that i was just like meh it's like kind of like mrs doubtfire ish Mm -hmm. type character acting well, I'll tell you what. Call me Mrs. Doubtfire, because I'm saying, hello! <laughs> this movie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was my, my gene shout at Fresh Books. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you that I... <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I could have I done with more chaos, though. I'm with you. Hello! <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very quotable movie. Um... <laughs> 
I I could have done with more chaos. You're right because mm-hmm. they do they do so much of like the Ming vase sort of like building it up, and then, like, <laughs> there's not. There, I, I wish there had been kind of like more spinning plates. I mean, I I guess part of it is like because Gene Hackman and Nathan Lane hit it, hit it off so well, it's like less mm-hmm. chaotic than they anticipated. It's really only like Val and Robin Williams who are like freaking out. Yeah, um, and and they have to be like totally internal about it. I I could have done with a few more spinning plates, but. I don't know. I, I I found the whole the whole dinner. Um, Robin Williams go Niners bit good. Gene Hackman mm. and Nathan Lane just trading like the most horrific conservative talking points. Uh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, better than I expected, honestly. I had no idea what this was going into it. Didn't even don't even remember the cover from Blockbuster as a kid or anything. It's a um, huge hit. Huge hit. Yeah, I was surprised when I looked it up. I was like, oh, this must have been like canned, panned. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not at all. Made $185 million. That's crazy. Imagine, imagine a, a, I mean, first of all, imagine a comedy of any sort making $185 million at the box office today. Yeah. Geez. I mean, I know these Marvel movies are technically comedies. I know these Marvel movies are uproariously funny, oh, but. Oh, they're so imagine. fucking funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, um how, come on, you loved Gene Hackman saying I hope this doesn't influence your vote. Come on. <laughs> I'm actually sincerely looking line. dead serious when he delivers that too. Oh. <laughs> He's a good actor. I love Gene Hackman, yeah. I'm thinking of Robin Williams kind of in the same way that I think of Tom Hanks. A lot of smoke. Really? Yeah. L- lot, lot of lot of smoke and mirrors, not a lot of substance. Yeah. I mean he's had his hits, whereas Tom Hanks has not. Name one really? movie that Tom Hanks is good in. I like Bridge of Spies a lot. I know it's not a cool. Oh, thing. I gotta, I gotta see that. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm generally pretty cold on Hanks. Okay, cold on Hanks. I'm cold, cold on, on Hanks, and we're. But I'm hot on Franks. <laughs> um, but I'm hot on Franks. I put that shit on everything. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> pew pew pew. Uh, the, the... Uh, honestly could have done with like more club, but I, I could have done with like more club stuff in this movie. We don't really see Robin Williams doing much like directing. There's mm-hmm. the, the whole like opening sequence, I guess, is him trying to get like Nathan Lane to go on stage, which is some good kind of backstage drama stuff. Could have done with more of that. Yeah, that um, was cool. I like the stress of that. I, I I I thought that she was making she was gonna make like a serious kind of stretch to emulate killing of a Chinese bookie because mm-hmm. it is very similar. I yeah I mean it's yeah he's that's similar sort of a character I um uh, I I mean I I guess like I was saying when you have like a director like Nichols there's slightly more like visual flair than these movies normally get there's like a really cool like it's almost like a vertigo zoom when they're driving down to Florida you see there's a weird shot of of like the road there's like a weird zoom down the road like a needlessly stylish shot it's the sort of thing that would usually annoy me but here I was like ah eh, you know eh, some fun. Um, I'm so, I don't know. I'm so used to every comedy now is so anonymously directed. You know, like I That's could direct true. most Hollywood yeah. studio comedies probably, and uh-huh. not you know, I, not not to you know, not to denigrate the hardworking you know, uh, right, right. Not to, not to denigrate the hardworking hacks of Hollywood, but uh, I think I could do their job. I think my kid could paint that. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and it ends with them getting married. I mean, they they it all ends. Oh, it, yeah. They kind of crammed that into the credits. There's probably, I feel like, a lot more shot than there was edited into the movie because of all the, like, I don't know, converting to manhood and the dance bits and the Robin Williams kind of direction scenes. Oh, when they all sing I could have danced all night? Come on, I I would have loved more of that. I'd like to see the whole (laughs) number. (laughs) 
very, a very uncanny thing happened at the end. Gene Hackman dressed as a woman in a wig looks exactly like one of my aunts. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they have to like sneak him out of the bar. Uh, so they that was dress, pretty like, good. Gene Hackman and Diane Weiss like performers. Uh-huh. Come on, you love to see it. I I did like to see that. Um, I don't know. Not the best movie we've ever talked about. Not the worst. No, not the worst. I'm really surprised this was such a hit. I mean, I I, I guess the um I think the musical was a big hit, as was the French language version of the film. Mm-hmm. So you know, Mike Nichols and Elaine May working with some hot material. I um <laughs> yeah, I, I I bet there's a lot of great stuff in the cutting room floor here. I I like to hope that they did a lot of um you know improvisational stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to imagine it was nice for the two of them to work together again. Um, I've heard. That the that that their next film, Primary Colors, which speaking of the Clinton impeachment, is actually a fictionalized version of the Clinton impeachment story. Uh, I've heard that's less good, but uh, we'll get to see John Travolta play Bill Clinton. Which oh you get to fuck see. yeah! You don't get to see that in every movie. No. Is he the worst don't. actor on the planet? Like, who, who do you think is a worse actor than John Travolta? I can't think of very mm, much. You've seen Face Off, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess he's good in that. But I think Cage is much better than Travolta. Yeah, of course. He he really lifts up Tra- Travolta's performance in that. I think, like, uh, Travolta for me has, like, one great moment in his career, and it's when he's, like, looking around for, like, the loudspeaker and pulp fiction, <laughs> and I'm like, a, 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 a canonical moment. <laughs> but not enough, you know? No, yeah. It's going to take more than a couple of um, propellers to uh, dock this cruise ship um how come on when he's when when he's when they're hiding all the art and he's got to turn he's got that one like statue that's got like its dick out so he turns it around and it's just a big ass come on (laughs) 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 neptune that's a classic come on (laughs) um i i don't know i i i think i would echo what glad had to say i think it takes the relationships in this movie very fairly seriously again besides Val and Barbara, and besides Val and like Robin right, Williams, we really have right. no idea why they're so accommodating. But I think the relationship between um, Robin Williams and Nathan Lane is taken fairly seriously. I, I, I like that he like stands up for him at the end, basically, and is like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I, I, you know, we're not. Uh, he's not going away. Like he's going to be here." Um, it's funny that Hank Azaria's character's idea of like a masculine house is one that's basically a fucking church. Uh huh. It's just a huge crucifix and like that really low <laughs> dining room table. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is that? Uh-huh. So funny. He doesn't wear shoes because they make him trip. Come on. <laughs> uh, again, it's kind of like an episode of uh, Mr. Sh- it's a lot like Mr. Show in that I don't crack a smile when I'm watching it, but afterwards I like piss my pants thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of Mr. Show. Or not, not you don't find it. I've just watched. I mean, I, yeah, no, I've watched it a few yeah. times, and I just watch it, and I don't. I did not smile, do not laugh, and then afterwards, I'm like, yeah, that's fucking oh. hilarious. Mm. Come on, good Robin Williams line. He says, uh, "I'm very paternal, and Albert's practically abreast." Come on, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bennett, how's your week going? Um, I I really don't want to go to work tomorrow, but you know what? I guess that's what life's all about. You know, might might just work from home, might just fuck around and just completely become absent, just stop going into work. Um, uh huh. I might just have like a succulent Chinese meal or something. <laughs> I could go for a fucking succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> the Peking duck. Or just a fucking, I don't know. Do, do, do they eat the pig with the apple in its mouth in China? Or is that mostly like a luau thing? Uh, I think that's like a Kentucky thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was saying we need, our our podcast needs its own version of, 
have you I, I don't know about you but I, I've listened to a few episodes more than I would like to be honest of WTF with uh, WTF with Mark Marin, not the other WTF uh, recently and he started doing this thing <laughs> like everybody already knows that he spends the first like 15 minutes just like bloviating and talking about yeah. himself but he now the last like 10 minutes well not, I'm exaggerating here it's like the last like 5 minutes he'll just shred on his guitar we need <laughs> an equivalent of that we need um just something for for people to just mash the uh mash the 30 second button uh-huh did you ever get that slide whistle you ordered no i did not Bennett, any parting words for our wonderful listeners here on this uh what do they call these things again podcast ah yes well folks you know uh, next week, like I said, we'll be talking about the Mike Nichols and Elaine May uh, collaboration, Primary Colors. Uh, you know, if you're a part of the hashtag resistance like me, if you're, uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking to tweet out a string of clap emojis, you're going to want to watch this movie before you, before you tune in to CNN, especially, to listen in on all uh-huh. the impeachment hearings. Because you know what? I think CNN, especially in the last debate, really showed it. There's, there's no media outlet who we can more count on in these times to... Uh, to, to speak truth to power and to mm-hmm. uh, to, to to not have any uh, not have any negative bias, you know they're really uh, they're right. looking out for us guys. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, our new sponsor CNN would like you to uh, watch their impeachment coverage before watching Primary Colors for next week. Hell, can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> just digging myself deeper and deeper, just like trying to end the sentence. <laughs> and I'm like d- doe-eyed looking at the wall. Just like, hey, what? Days. Ditto. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about that one. Can't wait to see how things turn out.